Rishus, Rosh Yeshiva. Um, it's pretty incredible. Siyata Dishmaya. All, all the Masechtas and Shas. All the Masechtas. We happen to be learning Rosh Hashanah right now with Rosh Hashanah. And it's also such Siyata Dishmaya that we're learning about Tkiyah's Shofar of all the all the different sugyas in Rosh Hashanah right before Rosh Hashanah. Wonder how that happened. And uh, I, I would like. We're all now mamish deep in the sugyas of Shofar. Most of us are. And uh, I would like to talk about maybe um, a little bit of what's going on, some of the deeper meanings of the Shofar. Again, I'm giving here a Musa Shmuz. I want to make it clear. I'm not talking here as a preacher. It's not something which, you know, I've accomplished and I'd like you to learn from me. I'm doing something which I do very often, which is talk aloud to myself. And you're welcome to listen to my conversation. This is, uh, really, this is... Okay. So how, how many tkiyas, how many blowings of the shofar do we blow on Rosh Hashanah? We blow a hundred usually. It's the minig, minig Israel, it's about a hundred blowings. Now, these hundred blowings are not Torah at all. Even with Rabbonin, it's not a chiv. It's an Indian. We learn from the mother of Sisra, Ratzatosis. So what's the chiv? What do we really have to hear on Rosh Hashanah? It's 30. 30. Now, the truth is that the number 30 does not appear in the Torah. In the Torah, one does not have to hear 30 blows. In fact, one only has to hear how many? Nine. Nine, right? It says, Trua twice by Rosh Hashanah, once by Yovel, right? So whatever applies to Rosh Hashanah, we say applies to Yovel, we learn this because Shava. So there's three Truas, and then it says Taviru once before, Taviru afterwards, we learn Taviru is a Lashon of Tekiah, that every Trua has to be accompanied by a Tekiah before and a Tekiah after. It's interesting, first of all, the mitzvah is Trua, the primary mitzvah is the Trua, and this Trua has to be accompanied by Tekiahs. That's why it's called Yom Trua, it's not called Yom Tekiah. Right? The main mitzvah is the Trua. Okay, so that's nine. So how do we get to 30? How do we get to 30? It's also Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Aflam It says, Rabbi Avo in Kesari, Kesaria, Caesarea. He was Misaket. He instituted that we do what we do today. Right? We blow three Shvarim Truas. Each one preceded by Tekiah. Tekiah afterwards, three Shvarims. Tekiah, Tekiah, each one. And three Truas. Why did he do this? He said, basically, the Pashib shot in the Gemara is because we, we sort of aren't sure what the Trua is. We forgot. Is the Trua what we call the Trua? Nine small blasts? Or perhaps it's what we call a Shvarim? Or perhaps it's the combination, Shvarim and Trua. And therefore, to cover all bases, we do everything. Right? And that basically makes 27 blows, not 30. But Chazal viewed the Shvarim and Trua as two separate blows, so that's how we get to 30. That's the Cheshpin. Now, the Lashon of the Rambam, I'll just, I'll just read you what he says. Rambam says, in Hilfah Shofar, Perikim Olachabes, it says, Trua zuha amura b'Torah. This Trua which was said in the Torah, Nistapik lonu safik. We had a safik. We don't know. Lefi orech hashonim. Verova galus. The long, long galus. Long, dark galus. Made us forget what this Trua was. Ein onu yodim heichi. We just don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. And therefore, from our lack of knowledge, we do everything. There's a lot of things we do. We don't know, so we do everything. And that, that's the source for 30 tkiyas. There's another Mahalach in Rav Haigon, 
this is the Rambam, and that's certainly Rashi Tosa seem to learn like that as well. Now, if this is the case, <laughs> there's a very, very pecu- peculiar minute, the Kali Sro. That's something very, very strange. What do we do right after Tekiah's shofar? Right after the shofar, the first set of Tekiah's, the Miyushav. Right before Musaf. Usually it's the, the Chazan Musaf, sometimes it's the Batokeh. He recites a bunch of Pesukim, which we repeat after him. The first one is what? Takes from Davar HaMelech, from Tehillim. Ashrei Ha'om Yodei Seruah. Happy be the nation, is a nation who know, who know the truth. Hashem v'or panecha yalech. Go in the, uh, or in the, in the light of your face. Ashrei ha'am, we're priding ourselves that we're yoyidei shul. I find that a bit funny. It's not funny that David HaMelech said that, because he clearly knew what the truah was. Rabbi Avo was many, many generations after David HaMelech, but now we don't know what the truah is. It's almost embarrassing. You know, we don't know something, and we, we come out and say, look, look how great we know the truah. It's, right? We should be saying something like, Vanachnu loneida manase, or, you know, even though we don't know what the truah is, nevertheless, Rebbe please, you know, we mean it, except our tefillah. What is this, Ashram Yodei Shruah? Very strange thing. Okay. Um, in order to understand this, I think we have to understand a little bit what what this truah is. What is the secret of the truah? And again, I just want to preface what the Rambam says. At the end of the day, Mitzvah Shofar is the Gezer Sakosif. God said to blow Shofar, that's why we blow Shofar. Any Svaras we say, they're nice, nice Tamadakra, it's reasons, I'm not, I can't say this is what the Shofar is. But, but there is what to learn. There are ideas we can learn from here. And I'll tell you something which at least inspired me very much. Okay. So what, what, if I'd have to ask you, what is the main mitzvah? Or perhaps the only real mitzvah incumbent upon us on Rosh Hashanah? Okay, there's the shofar. But the Gemaras is really the shofar for, for, for a purpose of doing something that we have to do on Rosh Hashanah. There's a mitzvah on every single person, a chiyav on each person. And what is it? Now Rosh Hashanah is not, there's no mitzvah of tshuva. Right? Rosh Hashanah, even though it's the first day of Aseris, you made tshuva, tshuva really starts after Rosh Hashanah. It's the introduction, right? It's the or, it's the light. And then we start the tshuva afterwards, but there's no mitzvah tshuva on, on Rosh Hashanah. We don't mention our chatoim, we don't say al chait at all on Rosh Hashanah. The only reference to tshuva maybe is in Tashlich, which is, which is a minute. So it's brought down the Shulchan Aruch, but it's, it's not, right? The mitzvah, mitzvah Rosh Hashanah is not apples with honey. It's important, these are all nice things. But what, what is the mitzvah hayom of Rosh Hashanah? Also Gemara, Rosh Hashanah, Dav Tazayim. The mitzvah is what we call to be mamlich HaKadosh Baruch Hu, To crown God, to make him king. Says, how do you do that? With a shofar. With a shofar is a means, you know, as we're crowning him with a shofar, right? It's Mamash and Yonah Diyayma, right? We just, we, <laughs> the world, right? For some, some of us here, some English, they just made a new king this week, right? It's a whole ceremony, right? Havdil, millions and millions of dollars. Here we're crowning HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're making him king of the world. Obviously, we have to understand what, 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 what does this mean to make God king? Is God not king without us making him king? He's everywhere. The Shmaruch created this world. Of course he's the king. What do you need me to say you're king? It means to shout, Hashem Elech, Hashem Elech, Hashem Elech, Hashem Elech, What's the meaning here? So, so, the basic, very, very basic understanding here, which you can find in the Derech Hashem, from the Ramchal, Mechelek Dalit, he um, says like this, God, right, of course he's, Created the world, he's everything, right? 
Hakadosh Baruch Hu basically brought himself down to us that we can actually somehow see him everywhere. He came down to us. There's a concept of Ein Melech Below Am. A king is not a king if he doesn't have subjects. Right? God is great lofty, but if we don't recognize him as the king, he's not called the king. So our job is to actually recognize the Kodesh Baruch Hu in everything, to see him. He's hiding his face right now. And our job, Olam is Lashon Helem, it's hidden. Helem is hidden. And we have to find him. It's like a game of hide and seek. And you find him, then he's your Melech. <laughs> you, know, you know, there's a famous story of uh, was the Magad of Mezrich. Right? The successor of the Baal Shem Tov was Rabdov Ber of Mezrich. And he, Dovber Mezrich, had a son called Rabavram. But a nickname, Rabavram Amalach. He was an angel. He was so holy. Now this Rabavram Amalach, as a young boy, he came home one day crying. His father said, why are you crying, my son? He said, I'm crying because I was playing hide and seek with my friends and they didn't find me. They didn't find me. So his father said, great, that, that's, you won the game. That's the point of the game. He shouldn't be crying, he should be happy. And he said, no, you don't understand. I, at one point, they stopped looking for me. And they just went home. And they forgot I was hiding. And that's why I'm crying. And then the Magid started crying. And he said, I understand now. Shot in the Pasuk in next week's Parsha. Couldn't find the connection to this week's Parsha. The next week's Parsha. There's going to be a double Hester. I'm going to hide my face and hide my face. And he says, it's one thing when God is hiding, but I know he's hiding. I'm looking for him. It's hide and seek. It's very, and God will help me find him. The scariest thing is when he's hiding so well, I don't even know he's hiding. I don't even look. I think everything's fine. That's, that's the most dangerous situation. Right? And so many people are in that situation. One thing I, I can say is, Baruch Hashem, I think if anybody is sitting in this base menders right now, anybody walk through the doors, this yeshiva is, is not at that stage. Everybody knows that God is hiding and we're searching for him, which is wonderful. But we still have to find him. How, how do we find the Kodesh Baruch Hu? How can we actually... Say, I see HaKadosh Baruch Hu everywhere. I know that everything is a sheker. It's an illusion. I can recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu everywhere. How do we do this in this completely crazy world with so much sheker? Now, the truth is like this. Every single Jew has the ability of finding the Rabbanu Shalom everywhere. And that's because every Jew has a neshama. And this neshama is a chelek alokam imal. It's a part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in us. In other words, Part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in every single person. And this Neshama is screaming out the whole time, the truth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here. He's here, just look, just look, just look. The problem is we don't usually hear Him. Or we often don't hear Him. Why not? Because the extraneous noises are much, much louder. The Shekhar is much, much, much louder. Otherwise it wouldn't have any existence, right? So it's so loud. It's like, imagine, I was just thinking, in the olden days especially, nowadays it's not so common. You're trying to tune into your radio station, you want to hear the news. And sometimes you'd have this like static, you know? And, and you can't hear the words. And sometimes here in Israel especially, you suddenly have these Arab voices coming in. You know, you're trying to hear the news, but you can't hear it. And, and you're trying. So sometimes, you know, you just give up and you turn to that Arab station or whatever other. <laughs> or sometimes you just turn off the radio and say, forget it, I can't. But sometimes you actually manage to tune into the right frequency and then you hear it and then there's no other noise and you just hear what you want to hear. And it's almost like we're trying to tune into this frequency, but it's very hard because you have this noise in the background, screaming, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me claiming truth as well, and it's very, very hard. So, how do, so basically what we see from here is our job is not learning anything new, really. It's just somehow silencing all these voices and being able to hear the voice from inside us 
But the question is, how do we do such a thing? It's a tremendously difficult task. So, this is where, I believe, this is one of the chidushim, one of the secrets of the shofar. See, we say in the beautiful, beautiful tefillah with a piece in, in, in on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we say in Nisana Tokif, which is stirring, right? This is a piece which gets everybody involved into the, into the sort of the ruach of, of the day. Amazing, amazing piece, the Nisana Tokif. And we say in there like this, Ubashofar Godol Yitaka. We're going to blow the big shofar. The shofar is going to be blown. So what are we going to hear? A loud noise, right? You hear a loud shofar, you hear a loud noise. What does it say there? Ubashofar Godol Yitaka. Right? Kol Mama Daka Yishama. What you're going to hear is not a loud noise. You're going to hear a thin, literally translated, sound of silence. Thin sound of silence. In other words, it seems to be saying that the avoid of the shofar really is to silence all those sounds around us and let us to focus inwards and hear the real deafening sound, the silent sound of the neshama. When a person hears that shofar, it's basically it, he has the ability if he's if he's concentrating to, to basically block out all the other sounds and briefly for a moment, a fleeting moment, the person can actually perhaps come to this realization. Wow. This is all an illusion. There's a truth here. I, I know, ain't old Milvado. There's nothing outside of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Now, this is a very, very, it's going to be a fleeting moment. It's not something which, which is going to last. As soon as we walk out of Shul, we might not have this anymore. But it's real. It's a real moment. And you know, it's like, it's important to have that moment. You can only start doing tshuva once you actually came to this realization. Once it's crystal clear to you, yeah, ain't old Milvado. There's nothing else. I hear my neshama. Then you can go on. Right? It's like, imagine, you know, a boat which is coming to dock. It's pitch black. He doesn't know if he's going in the right direction. And you have that lighthouse. Every once in a while, it's like the light shines. He says, oh, I'm going in the right direction. And, and that, 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 that seems what's to, to be going on over here. Now, this is... Now, you know, we also saw the Gemara said, Hashofar, we just saw this Gemara, the Lezichron Koi, Kalif Nimdami. Right? We learned, Enka Tegar, Nasus, you can't have the prosecutor be the defendant, right? And the Gemara said that's only true for the Kodesh Kadashim. The Gemara says, yeah, but blowing the shofar is like the Kodesh Kadashim. Perhaps part of the idea over here is that, yeah, what happens to the Kohen Gadol when he goes into the Kodesh Kadashim? He's basically coming face to face with the reality of the Ein Sof. He's in a totally different world. He's not here. The Kodesh Kadashim had no dimensions, physical dimensions, right? Kodesh Kodashim basically was coming in contact with the Ein Sof, a totally different reality. And that's sort of what's happening to us with Kiyos Shofar, obviously not on the same level. We're also briefly in the Kodesh Kodashim. We're briefly standing in front of a truth, and there could be a crystal clarity to us that everything else is just an illusion. Now, I pointed out that the Trua is the main mitzvah. Mitzvah's Trua has to be accompanied by Tekiah, followed by Tekiah. I think according to this, it's very, very understood. You can say like this, the Tekiah preceding the Trua is before Bria Sa'olam, before the creation of the world. Everything was poshut, was straight, was simple. Hayahu ushmo levada, there was just God alone. There was no creation yet. The Tekiah afterwards is referring to the world afterwards. Olam Abo, whatever you want to call it. We're also, it's going to be poshut. 
it's going to be clear there's only one HaKadosh Baruch Hu, nothing else. The Trua is a reference to Olam Hazeh, to us now. We're in what's called Olam HaTrua, the world which is fragmented, broken up, where things are not Pashit. God is hidden. God is hiding in this world, and we have to find Him. And we blow the Trua to say, yeah, we can find you here, God. Even in this world where you're hidden, we're managing to find you, which is an amazing thing. That's why the mitzvah is the mitzvah of Trua. Now, I just want to talk briefly about a concept called Yerida Sadaris. Something we hear about. Yerida Sadaris means the further we get from Mount Sinai, the farther we sort of get from God. That means to say the world becomes darker, things become less clear, people are less holy than they were before. And it's a fact. I remember when I was a kid, I think I was in seventh grade, my Rebbe said, Mashiach has, this is about 30, 34 years ago, 35 years ago, the Mashiach has to come now because the world cannot get any worse than it is now. It's impossible. <laughs> I'll take this guy on a trip. Right? And I think we've been like in sort of turbo. I think the amount of Doros that have passed in the last 30 years is incredible. I'm serious. It's, it's, just, it's just scary. You really can't get worse than this, right? So, so, so what's the concept? So, so it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. Chavitz right. Chaim was so much holier than the greatest Gedolim we have now, no question. The Vilna Gaim, compared to the Chavitz Chaim, right? Also, go up to the Rishonim, go up to the Amirayim, the Tanoim, right? So the what's happening, and people have this approach, is they, they cry. They shrug about. Disaster. If only, if only, if only we could live in the previous generations. If only. Chaval, it's, so, it's terrible we're living here. What, what to do? We have to, we have to do whatever we can do. That's a very sad approach, but that, that is an approach. But uh, the Ramchal is a totally different approach. And this, actually we see this in the Das Tunas all the way through. It's very, very optimistic. Extremely optimistic. Of course there's no denying you read the Sadoras. It's a fact. It's a fact. But the Ramchal says, you've got to remember one thing. That every single day that passes, we're coming closer to the final Shlemus. Something's happening. We're getting closer to God whether, whether we like it or not. Whether we realize it or not. So basically, God knows what He's doing. He's, he hasn't lost control. So if He's put us in this world, in this state, it must be that, he real, that, that we have an ability to do something here which nobody could have done before. We could actually maybe discover God in places where previous generations couldn't. Just uh, as a concept, right? The famous, famous saying from Chazal, Mokom Shabali Tshuva Indim, Ein Tzadikim Gemurim Yichalun in a place where Bali Tshuva stand, the greatest tzaddik cannot stand. Now this is not just a consolation thing, saying, you know, they're all so fine, and you know, even better than us in certain ways, and then, right, the, the tzaddikim are going to say, no. What it means is, Hoshib Shad, I think, that there are certain places where tzaddik gamur can't stand, he's not going to see God. You take a tzaddik from previous generations, and you bring him to the streets of uh, Tel Aviv, 11 o'clock at night, say, do you see God here? You're probably faint. <laughs> he's, not, he's, not, he's going to see Tumah. There's no God here. But you take somebody in this world, this generation living there, yeah, I discovered God there. I mean, I, I, I came back. It's incredible. Meaning that, that, that testimony to God is so much deeper in a sense. Again, I'm not suggesting Khalila v'chas. It's very, very important not to misunderstand me. No one should ever, ever, ever think that he says, okay, that's the case, so let me go to the bottom and I'll discover God there. You know, Chas Chazal tell us, first of all, you're not allowed to do that. You're not going to be able to do it. 
and Kola Omer Echta Va'ashuv, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're not going to be able to do tshuva. We're talking about if HaKadosh Baruch Hu put a person in a specific place at a specific time, it's because he has the ability. In other words, your video game's on a different level, we're on the highest level over here. <laughs> and it's hard. It becomes much harder. But we're able to discover HaKadosh Baruch Hu in places where previous generations could not, which is an incredible thing. You know, the... Uh, I always used to understand the Kal Yisrael, we always learned, Mitzrayim, they were on the 49th level of Tumah, and God took us out right before the end. I always saw this like, the scenario I had in my mind as a kid was from Superman. Remember this? The person's falling out of the building, whoever it was, what was her name? Yeah, Lois, she's falling out of the building, falling, 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 she's almost at the street level, suddenly Superman comes, swoosh, at the nick of time, saves her. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved us at the nick of time, Baruch Hashem, otherwise it would have been finished. But again, you look at the Ramchal, it's clear that no, it could only happen because we were at the 49th level. In other words, to really see God everywhere, how could you see Him had you not been there? How could a Shifcha Shibiyam see more than Yechezkel? It's because she's a Shifcha. She was able to see, she was a maidservant. She, she understood that God is really infinite and is everywhere. I just want to tell you a quick story before I, I finish off here in answering the question. That, that this is a story which moved me tremendously and every single year on Rosh Hashanah when I say this till I, I think of this story and it's about somebody who was really able to see the Rav Shlom in places that other people didn't see now this person you know it's controversial but, but one cannot deny that he saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu in certain places where people did not see him and that's Shlomo Kalbach and the story goes that it happened to my uncle he was together with my aunt and another friend Bernie Shafrin and his wife they were having it was New Year's Eve what do good Jews do on New Year's Eve in New York? They go out to eat. <laughs> so they went to a restaurant called Schmilke Bernstein's, 1977. And uh, who was performing there? Shlomo Kalbach. He was, his, he was the you know, one-man band. And he came up to my uncle. He knew my uncle very well. And he said, Shmelka. They were Shmelka, not related to the restaurant. He said, Shmelka, you know, this is my parnasa. What can I do? If you want to see something real... He wrote down an address, says, come here, 12.30 tonight. Don't ask any questions, just, just meet me there. So my uncle and his wife, and this Bernie Shaffron and his wife, they said, you know, we can't miss this opportunity. So 12.30 at night, they take a taxi, somewhere in the middle of Manhattan, not a very good area, it's pitch black. And the taxi's like, you sure I should drop you off here? They said, yeah. <laughs> they get off and they don't see anyone, you know. And they just see this building, which is pretty dark. And it was called the orphanage, certain orphanage, and it had been a, a big cross on the door. It was, it was part of the Catholic Church, and it was an orphanage of the Catholic Church. And so there must be a mistake here. <laughs> must be a mistake. But the taxi's gone, and they're standing, so my uncle says, you know what, I'm opening the door. And he opens it, it opens, and they see a little light at the end of the hole. And they hear noise. So they come, it's going, let's, let's see what's going on. So they walk in, and they see, in a room, and he said, there were about 15 kids, wearing white. And Shlomo Kalbach is sitting there with a guitar. And they're singing, You know that song? For the Shmoruch should be king. And these kids are crying. What's going on over here? And it turns out, the Shlomo Kalbach found out that in this, in this um, institution, about 20% of the kids come from Jewish homes. They're orphans. And he says he used to come in at night, late at night, when the staff was gone or sleeping, and he sings with the kids. He saw the Rebbe Shalom in places where nobody in the world. Imagine that. This is, this is a. Uh, it's powerful. Whenever I sing Melocha Kolom Kula, I think. Whenever I say it in Tefillah, I think of that story. Now, let's just go back to the question I asked before. 
So how can we say Ashri Om Yodei Srua when in fact we don't know the Trua? Let's think about it. What's the secret of the Trua? That we're finding a Kaddish Baruch Hu in the Olam HaTrua. We can find a Kaddish Baruch Hu where he's hiding in this, in this fragmented world of, of Mechor Sheker. Could there be a deeper Trua than the Trua we're actually going today? Not only are we so far in this Olam HaTrua, we don't even remember what the Trua is. We don't even remember what it is. We're so far. Yet we're blowing. <laughs> Yet we recognize the Kaddish Baruch Hu. I think we could say Ashri Amiyodei Trua with such pride in such a case. Now I just want to end with a vort. This is something very, very dear to me. It's a, it's a vort of my great-great-grandfather, the uh, Moshe Chaim Rosenbaum, in his Sefer Al-Atfila Lechem Rav. So we say in davening every single day, three times a day, God, you give us das. Please give us, right? Me'itcha, from you. So he says, what's me'itcha? Obviously, who else is giving us das? Ata chonein ladam das. So chonenu, de'abina v'haskel, I should say. What's chonenu me'itcha, de'abina v'haskel? So he says something, I think, which is so related to what we just spoke about. Putting in my own words, adapting it to this, but the idea is like this. He says, so often in life, and all too often in life, we hear a chauffeur that sort of shakes us to the core. And suddenly brings us back to, you know, the real das. Now, often that chauffeur is an external chauffeur. It's like a tragedy that happens. The wealthy person loses his money and suddenly realizes the, the shekhar he was living. Things happen to us all the time. We've got this chauffeur blowing, but sometimes it's external. And it's painful. We're saying, what we want is what you want. We want this das. Let us hear that internal chauffeur. Let us hear it, your chauffeur, from you directly, from right? Instead of hearing it from outside. And that's the bracha which, which one should have. What's the kavanah which you should have when you're saying chameinu me'itcha? Let us hear that shofar, the internal shofar, instead of chas v'shalom having to learn it from tragedies. Therefore, we should all be zayche, really, this Rosh Hashanah, to hear the shofar gadol, which is the kol mamadak of our neshama, have this clarity, and we should be zayche to the shofar gadol, should be very, very soon, in Herav Yomei.